This podcast is brought to you by our patrons. To help support the show, visit patreon.com slash haveadrinkshow. This is your beer, liquor, and other beverage news for the week of September 1st, 2018. Founders raises some eyebrows by lowering prices. Disney opening the most wonderful hive of scum and villainy. How is the next Star Trek vodka not called Nuclear Wessels? Heaven Hill is knock, knock, knocking on their lawyer's door. All this and more on Have a Drink News. Welcome to Have a Drink News, the show where we cover the week's popular news about what you drink. I'm Brittany Lee Walker. I'm Justin Frazier. I'm Christopher Walker. And I'm Casey Price. This week, our first story comes from Forbes, where they say craft breweries defy convention by beginning to drop prices. This story goes in and talks a lot about Founders Brewing, who, according to them, is no stranger to disruption businesses. Michigan-based company not only pioneered the 15-pack of craft beer cans, craft is the uh, difference there, but also the first to, per- to perfect the now ubiquitous Session IPA style. And release it, of course, on a national scale. So when co-owners Mike Stevens and Dang, uh, sorry, Dave Engelbers decided Dang to break, <laughs> Dang Engelbers, uh, those things really get in your crawl. Decided <laughs> to break with craft brewing traditions in February by pricing its solid gold pale lager. Yeah, that sounds like something uh, all those non-craft beer drinkers are fighting over. Uh, right in line with those inarguably cheaper premium domestics like Budweiser, Miller, Coors, uh, those those beers specifically is, is what I think they were looking for. They priced them at $7.99 a six-pack or excuse me, $15.99 for a 15-pack, which brings the mean price to $1.17 per can. So research firms report that over a 52-week period that ended back in August, multi-outlet stores sold domestic premium cases, 24 beer cases is is the way it's looked at, on an average of $21.67, or $21.67. I don't know why I put the the point there. And Kraft averaged about $37.41. This works out for about $5.42 per six-pack of domestics, and nine twenty-five for a six-pack of craft beer, or ninety cents a can for domestics, and a dollar fifty-six for craft. So this is really a lot closer to that domestic range than you would expect to see out of a craft beer. Mm-hmm. Um, so in order to compete with this craft beer market and and liquor starting to rise up even more, wine. And now, of course, weed being a big uh, component there. Craft now accounts for about 13% of the beer sold in the U.S. Whenever you're looking at this, how does a beer company come in and take over the rest of that 87% that's floating around out there? Founders is really betting down on lowering their prices. Um, they have they have really been trying to push the limit and see how how low they can get to break into those categories where maybe it's just slightly more premium than what you would expect to see out of a Bud Miller, of course. I've got some friends that that would, you know, they they enjoy the odd Bud Miller cores on a on a hot day when they need you know something a little 
little less heavy and uh uh this going cheaper is actually does make them like yeah you know i'll just pick up some solid gold that seems like a pretty pretty solid option for them yeah so i i get that and solid gold's not bad it's not you know <laughs> write mean, your mom home about it but but it's... grabbing a case of all day ipa like a 15 pack at a nice price point is uh yeah pretty nice also good yeah yeah my uh my go-to, if I were to go with a can to drink all day, it would be that all-day IPA, just because it's sort of right in the right alcohol content range, but then also has a huge amount of hoppiness. Yeah. Um, so there's actually flavor? Good. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, and now, I've not, I don't think I've tried the solid gold it, that I remember. It's fine, but it's yeah, not, it, it's a beer-ass beer. The... The name of it just makes me think that it's in that below Bob Miller Coors category. Like Colt 45 and Solid <laughs> Gold sound very similar to me. Yeah. See, I think of uh, 70s and 80s uh, dancing shows. Yep. <laughs> well, they were just, I mean, the whole thing is supposed to be breaking in, again, to that market of people who are buying beer by the case at a lower price. And they're trying to come into the top end of that market with it because that's even where you're going to find a solid gold because it's you'll have issues finding it going into a regular craft store or like a bottle shop you might be able to find a six pack of it but like the big 15 packs and all that i think they're specifically shelved next to like the cores and all that stuff it's a gas station brand yeah, yeah. so it's meant to look like that and it hits it and even locally we're seeing it um braxton has what they call garage beer. Yeah, everybody's it, doing that mm-hmm. cheap, like, beer-ass beer. It's at a lower price point, comes in 15 packs, and it's meant to stock your fridge up. And Look, that's... If, that, if that came for the season of summer the same way that, you know, uh, I don't know, box come with spring? I <laughs> yeah. I, I would be fine with that, because I was like, no, it's hot, as, it's hot as hell out. I'd like just a nice case of something... Yeah, light and refreshing. Makes the sense. Lawnmower beer. beer. Right. Long, yeah. Exactly. That's or the, what, the cookout beer. You know. That's what mm-hmm. those are, and they're perfect for it. And the fact that they're starting to drop the prices to really actually compete in that category is really cool because that may start luring more people in who couldn't afford craft beer, but suddenly they go, "Oh, well, I like Founders," and then they try. You know, they have the solid gold because the lager. They used to lagers, and they finally try the all day. Because they're like, well, I had the other one, and this one, you know, I'm not not that much into IPAs, but I, I'm starting to like this Founders brand. They have that and suddenly go, well, that's pretty good as well. It's like, I think I might like IPAs, and then they're off on their craft adventure. Hmm. That's a good point. Hmm. All right, so uh, guess who else might be starting their craft adventure? <laughs> the, the, House uh, the House of Mouse. Disneyland to debut first ever bar in their new Star Wars land in 2019. Uh, the big uh, thing to say here is this is the one in California. The land's not the uh, world. The world has been wet and plenty of alcohol for a long time. It's one of the reasons the world is superior. It is. It is yeah. far superior. <laughs> All right. Shtick is getting real in the land of make-believe. The Disney Parks blog announced on Thursday that Disneyland in California and Walt Disney World Resort in Florida will debut a new bar, uh, Oga's Cantina, as part of Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, scheduled to open next year. Both of those lands and both parks are going to be opening the same year. 
Uh, I think the how? one in California is going to open a few months before the one in Florida. How is it not called the Moss Eisley Cantina? Because it's not Moss Eisley. Well, okay. This fine, is a new but... land that's going to work into their uh, speculating oh. it's going to work into the new movies. But it's going to be a new planet that we've never been to before. Yeah. Uh, so the debut of Oga's Cantina. I would prefer Moss Eisley so we can have people. I could be always there going, <laughs> I don't like you. My friend doesn't like you. I don't like you either. But do we want to really hear the Cantina band? Like, <laughs> over you would and have over cast over. members on a really upticked suicide rate that had to work in the I Cantina band. I would be band. fine. <laughs> they would have to be on a pretty high rotation. Like, every yeah. couple hours, we need to send you to a different part of the park. They'd be like the people <laughs> in the big costumes where it's only 20 minutes. They only go out for 20 minutes at a time, and then they get to go take a break. Yeah. I bought the Cantina players' action figures. <laughs> I had I had the set. I had he's, them got, well. he's got all those bits. <laughs> all right. The, de- the debut of Oga's Cantina will mark the first time alcohol has been served in Disneyland. Although alcoholic beverages have been a boon for sister parks like uh, Disney's California Adventure, the Orange County Register reports Disneyland was a dry campus per Walt Disney's wishes. Look, uh, he can be he can be as upset as he wants to be when we when we defrost him from cryosleep. Exactly. Uh, Disney is still being coy about its announcement, however, as one commenter on the Disney Parks blog inquired, is it just me, or does libations for adults mean they're serving alcohol here? To which Disney responded, we are developing a specialty cocktail, non-alcohol and alcohol-based menu that will include creatively themed custom cocktails and proprietary beer and wine options. So they already do this for all of the Disney World parks, uh, especially... Blue milk, as far as the eye can see. They were well, in the way of butterbeer. <laughs> yeah. No, they have... Uh, that's over at Magic Kingdom at Disney World. They have their own version of butterbeer. It's over in Gaston's Tavern. Oh, yeah. Um, but they have at the Avatar Land at um, Animal Kingdom, they have a whole bunch of really weird... They look like alien drinks. It's really cool stuff going on over there. I had this... I had this this slight crushing realization when you said Avatar Land, and it was not. <laughs> it was not the Airbender. No. Yeah, I was like, and he said Animal Kingdom. I went, holy crap! I get to ride Appa. Oh. No. Oh no! Yep, yep. <laughs> but no. it's still fun looking. <laughs> akin akin to the Star Wars movies, Moss Eisley Cantina, uh, Oga's will be run by alien proprietor Oga Gara who will be serving pilots, bounty hunters, smugglers, locals, and galactic travelers alike. Hmm. Uh, to also add, they don't talk about this, but there's going to be the Star Wars-themed hotel, which is going to dump right. you directly into the Star Wars land. Are they doing the hotel at Disneyland as well, or yes. just Disney World? Okay. both. That's so crazy. So that's going to be absolutely insane. <laughs> we've watched a lot of Disney stuff lately, so... Look, we have to... <laughs> I think we pride ourselves on giving equal time to equal points of view. So uh, you, you should absolutely. If you're going to have one side of the aisle, right? So if we're talking Star Star Wars, we need to talk Star Trek. Indeed. And they uh, are I, Bith, Bob. Yeah, I thought they were Bith, but yep. I, my brain was afraid I was leaving a letter out. You looked you looked confused, so I went and looked it up to make sure. Yeah, got... I was like Bith, Bith. <laughs> <laughs> So I don't know much about what you guys are talking about because I am more of a Trekkie um, by blood because I grew up watching TNG. Uh, <laughs> so uh, what's wrong with this sentence? Whoopi Goldberg's character, an immortal bartender named after a Prohibition speakeasy owner, 
served up Romulan ale on the Starship Enterprise. Romulan ale is illegal in yes. Federation. Uh, she, she would not be able to use that. Uh, she probably had a private stock that she would share, but not. Yes. Not. You wouldn't give that to Wesley. <laughs> so. Uh, Shut up, Wesley. As this article points out, it says everything you might say because that made no sense. Or you might note that Romulan ale could not be sold on the Enterprise because the Federation banned its importation. I feel like this this article just nerd shamed me. <laughs> Did they have replicators? They did, yeah. but the replicators would have been designed to not, would have been like, you know, security keyed so you can't yeah. replicate it. I mean, let's be serious. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, it. We it hate it that you. much. We won't even produce it ourselves. <laughs> like, it, it's censored. <laughs> uh, uh, it, Red so, it said, um, if, if there's a civilization that was going to be doing some censorship, it would be the Federation, I feel. <laughs> oh, jeez. Okay, so we actually talked about uh, the first of this kind of line of Star Trek alcohols. Um, gosh, I don't even know, a few weeks ago, a couple weeks ago? I don't even remember now. Like a month or so now, I think. Is but. it? I don't know what day it is anywhere. Uh, so <laughs> the first one we talked about was the James T. Kirk Straight Bourbon Whiskey, um, obviously named after Captain of the Enterprise. Uh, now there is 10 Forward Vodka from Silver Screen Bottling. Named after the bar on the Enterprise 1701D. That's where Whoopi's character, um, I'm never good at her name. Uh, Guinan. Guinan. Sorry. Uh, She wasn't on that many episodes that I saw, which is weird. I know she was like there the whole time. Anyway, uh, dispensed drinks and and vague advice. (laughs) Um, Her character was designed to be able to come and go, so Whoopi Goldberg could go go do movies. Gotcha. So she could do Sister Act 2. And be sad. Uh, So, since vodka is a colorless, flavorless spirit, what makes this one different? The bottle design. Uh, So, the vodka's bottle looks like the interfaces in Star Trek The Next Generation, and it's no cheap imitation. Silver Screen hired Michael Okuda, designer of the Trek computer controls, to create the bottle. This is freaking awesome. It's like getting Leonard Nimoy to design a Q-tip box. (laughs) Uh, But a vodka really needs a gimmick to stand out, which, yeah. Um, So... Uh, it's vodka from space. Here is is really the point. Uh, The company claims each bottle is a portion of a shipment of vodka that was sent into space. A high-altitude balloon lofts a payload of vodka about 50 miles into the mesosphere. When it comes back, a small portion is blended into the vats of earthbound vodka. (laughs) So, heads up, if you can figure out where they are launching these balloons from... You could probably figure out the trajectory of where it's going to land and just grab yourself a whole case of vodka for free and run away. True. So, yeah, when they said space, I was like, oh, did they just get, like, barley that was made yeah. from space? Or, like, or did they, like, somehow try to do part of the distilling, you know, in this balloon? It's like, oh, they just took some vodka. They just shot it up and brought it back down. Yeah, it's like, yeah. Although, altitude distilling. Yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> what I was thinking about. Because you wouldn't actually need heat, man. Let's just get really. <laughs> you just reduce the pressure. Ship, uh, get a pressurized ship, a large balloon, and then that way you can step out into a depressurized area and then do your distilling. Hmm. <laughs> All right. Um. So <laughs> now I, I just like to see the gears spinning and just got Casey's real head, nerdy. Just like <laughs> got real nerdy up in here. Uh. So. Real nerdy, and it started with a Star Trek vodka. I was going to say, this is just where it keeps going, really. 
Um, so alcohol always had a role in Trek. Uh, Scotty got an Andromeda Invader tipsy with uh, some whiskey, because Scotty. And uh, the Klingons drank blood wine, although Lieutenant Worf was partial to prune juice, declaring it as a warrior's drink. It is. That is. <laughs> it is a warrior's drink. Uh, the Cardassians... There's certainly a battle. <laughs> <laughs> the Cardassians drank Kanar? Is that how you say that? Yes. Uh, a potent liquor. Or liqueur, I'm sorry. Uh, tr- true Star Trek... Uh, true, true... I can't read anymore. True Star Trek geeks know that 10 Forward Lounge didn't serve alcohol... It's drinks made from synthahol. Synthahol. <laughs> it supposedly tastes like the real thing, and it got you tipsy, but the effects could be easily dismissed, said the late Gene Roddenberry. The show was created. That's just not even fun. And yeah. Scotty thought so, too. Oh, yeah. I Scotty mean, was offended. So, so did Picard, who kept his own stash. <laughs> and some Earl Grey. Um, I have to say, I love this bottle design. I, oh, it's great. It just it does really it, look like the it's, but the it's computer. It's a cool design. However, I did just look down the the last sentence in this, and apparent. I don't know if uh, don't know if this is what they what the next thing is actually going to be. But I had oh. Jim beam me up, Scotty. If they don't do that for crying <laughs> out loud, Scotty. <sighs> but Scotty should be a Scotch. It should be a Scotch. That's yeah, true. that's but no, we've discussed that at length. If they don't do a beam me up scotchy, then they're just missing. And well, they are clearly missing them because this is not nuclear vessels. I know. Yeah. Like, what would they do for that one? Because if they've already done the vodka now, like they couldn't even do any. You know what I mean? Because it's oh, already like ha- Russian. Do something for Chekhov. Yeah. I don't know, but this opens up a whole new world because I thought it was just going to be like TOS. Yeah, but this is TNG. Right. This is. I and mean, they so- could get into <laughs> DS Nine and Voyager. I don't know. <laughs> So you're going to get some... Discovery? Uh, Ooh, why haven't they a Discovery one? Sorry. <laughs> it's been a long road. Oh, wow. Getting See, from there to here. I only know that song because Scott sings it on TMS, like, because he makes fun of it, but, like, I've never watched DS9. Uh, that's not DS9. Oh. That's Discovery. Uh, no, that's not Discovery. It's not, it's that's the, not Discovery. Uh, Enterprise. Enterprise. Oh, yep, yeah, that yeah, that's right. Definitely Enterprise. never watched Discovery's that one either. New one like, I watched right now. TNG and some of T... Well... Probably a good amount of TOS, I guess. And then that's kind of where it stopped. I always meant to watch Voyager, but... Eh, yeah. It's a good one. Voy- uh, no. I thought it was good. The The first couple seasons are real, real bad. <laughs> the first couple seasons of any like, of those shows is kind yeah, of bad. But like, on the scale of Star Trek shows, you know how the first couple seasons... The first season of, uh, uh, of TNG is terrible? Yeah. yeah. This is worse... Th- the best episode they have there is probably not as good as one of the worst episodes of. <laughs> All right. That wow. First, that first beginning of of uh, uh, Voyager is. Oh. <laughs> Fair enough. I gotta, huh. on, I gotta see what's on Netflix for all these shows at this point because who knows what's been taken off. Uh, look, I'm just saying Voyager has the absolute worst episode of Star Trek, and it's called Threshold. But moving on. Uh, we've got uh, we've got something that I think we saw coming yeah. the day this announced. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Bob Dylan has a Bob Dylan's whiskey is getting sued. Uh, case case you don't know, uh, Bob Dylan launched a whiskey brand last year uh, with a bourbon double barrel whiskey uh, and a, a straight rye whiskey. 
Apparently, the reviews were positive, and uh, the brand was dubbed Heaven's Door, uh, referencing Dylan's uh, knocking uh, the door Dylan knocked on back in 1973 song. Uh, well, it appears that Heaven ain't big enough for another whiskey brand. <laughs> yeah. uh, Heaven's Door is getting sued by Heaven Hill, uh, a bourbon distiller and spirit manufacturer based in Kentucky. Uh, you'll probably know Heaven Hill from its Evan Williams Kentucky bourbon. It also sells Heaven Hill branded whiskey in all 50 states. The lawsuit, which was fired earlier this month, has a U.S. Uh, in a U.S. district court in Kentucky, claims copyright infringement. Uh, their complaint is that the uh, lettering on Heaven's door uh, is uses a uh, used a name and block letter logo that are confusingly similar to its own. Uh, yes. It sent a, yes. Huh? I was just gonna say yes. I will concede that the 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 font style is somewhat similar, but you're not gonna confuse these bottles. No. 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 Uh, however, it sent a cease and desist letter to Heaven's Door in April, which an attorney from Heaven's Door said they would not comply with because they didn't think consumers would be confused. A lot of these lawsuits boil down to someone thinking that consumers are a lot dumber than than they probably are. Yes, the feds. So <laughs> whenever there, there's a there's a statute behind that, actually. Um, there are high discerning consumers and low discerning consumers, and depending on what category you're in and where you put your ca your copyright, you're either in the dumb consumer or the smart <laughs> consumer. So if you were going to sell um, Caterpillar uh, backhoe equipment and you had another company that was called Moth Backhoe Equipment. You, you you have caterpillar backhoe equipment, and then someone spins off from that company and makes it's a butterfly. butterfly. <laughs> there you go. I knew where you were going. <laughs> so those two are are considered high discerning consumers, and you're expected that the consumer does a lot of research before you purchase it. In the alcohol industry, it does not matter how expensive it is; you are always considered a low discerning consumer. So the same person that's drinking. Uh, Milwaukee's Best. Sorry, I know a few of you all that are actually in med school that drink Milwaukee's Best, but that's just because you haven't got any other reason. Um, and then on the other side, the person that's buying a seventy or eighty dollar bottle of whiskey, you're still considered on the same level as the person that does Milwaukee's Best. So yeah, there actually is a, and it's it's for the person for that person specifically. The general guideline is: Would a reasonable person of that level be confused between the two brands? Uh, okay, I looking at like because I just scroll down on the article here, like you can see. Um, let me zoom in for the thing on the show. Uh, so this I remember these like talking about this now, and these bottles look you know awesome and slightly steampunky to me, which I'm okay with. Um, those bottles, even the the font, look nothing like the Heaven Hill bottle. Uh, the mm. font looks. The font, like it. okay. The font is somewhat similar, but uh, like the bottle itself, not even a little yeah, bit. No, the bottle itself doesn't look anything like it. It's just that the font is kind of similar, and it uses Heaven, so they may think it's a Heaven Hill product when it's not. The the, the them thinking it's a Heaven Hill product when it's not that makes more sense to me than than the font argument. But uh, yeah, I guess I, it's one of those you can see them making the lawsuit. You don't necessarily see them succeeding no right. god i think that's just i think it's just a bit of a stretch i guess 
Like, because especially compared to some of the other things that we've gone gone over before, where you're like, nope, that's note for note that bottle. Like, they really tried on that one. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. But if Heaven Hill doesn't try to fight against it, then they may be seen as abandoning their copyright. And if that's the case, then somebody could come in and, and create a whole bottle named Heaven Hill mm-hmm. and sell it without them having any political backlash. Yeah. Gotcha. Or not political, but uh, legal. Yeah, you gotta defend uh, your brand. Yeah. yeah. Heaven's Door uh, has not responded to the lawsuit, but in the statement it claims it intends to vigorously defend itself and its Heaven's Door brand. Uh, yeah. Uh, they also make a point in the article that Bob Dylan probably doesn't care. No. <laughs> like, We're telling you to stop. Oh, whatever, man. <laughs> I do like they had to do the... Uh... Heaven Hill said it's been making spirits under its logo since 1937, before Dylan was born. And it's like, man, Fair. he didn't even come up with any of this. Like, yeah. they just said, hey, can we use your name and song titles and stuff? And he's like, am I going to get money for it? And they're like, yeah, maybe some. And he goes, sure, do it. Is that get money for it? Can I drink some of it? Yeah. yeah. They're probably like, we'll send you some cases. And he's like, oh, okay, sure. <laughs> yeah. This. Speaking of something I want cases of, Casey... Yes. <laughs> there is a new hop out there. Mm-hmm. So, the new hop, which was released and announced on August 31st from the Hop Breeding Company in Yakima, Washington, is called, let me get this right, Pato, P A H T O, I think. Um, and it was a rebrand of their HBC 682. They say it delivers a smooth, bittering profile with mild, pleasant aromatics. And it's going to be the first high alpha acid hop that this company's ever produced. So everything that they've done previously, and this is the same company that's created Mosaic and Equinaut and Citra. All those hops came out of the breeding company, uh, this breeding company specifically. And back in April, I want to say. They actually released another new hop called Sabro. Um, Sabro was a, uh, they, they say here, it exhibits an intoxicating and complex blend of fruity and citrus flavors. So I want to get my hands on that one as well. Mm. But they have now planted 1,700 acres in the ground for this season. And they thought it was about time that they released the hop under an actual brand name. Um, the portfolio that they're bringing forward with this one allows the brewer to kind of bring all the different parts of hops from this one company. Um, the aroma profile of this hop, even though it's not really used for aroma a lot, the aroma profile is going to be herbal, earthy, and floral, while the bittering is very neutral and pleasant. Uh, that it's bringing it on this up. From the statistics that are out there currently, the alpha acids range from about 17 to 20%. So now, yeah, it is a super alpha hop. So very high bittering. Now, yeah, I was, I was trying to say, like, I remember from, like, one of our, our main show hops episodes, uh, it's like alpha acids, I was trying to remember exactly what it was they did, but it's it's the, the, the bittering. Yeah, alpha acids are the compounds that change with the addition of heat. They change and isomerize into um, your your bittering compounds that are in a beer. And so most of your traditional hops that are historical hops that haven't been changed in the way they were grown, 
back in history, they were probably producing 3% alpha acids. And now we've been able to breed them up to where we've got 17, 18, 20, 25 alpha acids. I was, I was waiting for, for 30%. And I was like, oh. <laughs> um, we, I think I've seen one or two that have reached up in like the 28 range, but I don't know if I've seen a 30 yet. But, uh, but yeah, it should be pretty clean, and it's not something that you're probably... I mean, brewers may put this on the front label, but if they do, it's more of a marketing ploy than what you're actually going to get in the beer itself at this point, at least from what I understand, because most brewers don't really brag about what they bitter with. They yeah. just brag about what they flavor it with toward the end. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. that's still neat, though. Yeah, yeah. So. especially since it's the same people that brought you Citra. And mosaic, right. yeah, two huge hops on that side. Two of the most popular yeah. hops uh, out there right now. Yeah. Yep. And and think about how many different beers have those hops mentioned specifically on the front label. Oh yeah, those are so. Right now, the ones you see the most are going to be like, uh, Citra, Mosaic, Galaxy, Amarillo. Like those are the four I see everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yep. Speaking of uh, seeing something everywhere, and then suddenly not. <laughs> and then suddenly not. Uh, yes, so America's only remaining blockbuster store <laughs> gets its own beer. Because they are just trying to get people in the door, I think. <laughs> um, <clears throat> if there was ever... I bet, it, I, I bet it's very uh, has a very diacid flavor. Oh, dear. Like, can you imagine, like, the flavor is literally, like, buttered popcorn? I'd drink I it. Can. I mean, if they're if that's what they're shooting for. <laughs> yeah, like if that's the goal. Okay. Um, it says if there was ever a beer that could encapsulate the feeling of being a weird tween dragged to the movie rental <laughs> store and forced to compromise with your snot sniveling little brother on a family comedy because you're too lamely prepubescent to have plans on a Friday night. That is the beer. <laughs> <laughs> The last Blockbuster is a new beer brewed in collaboration with Bend, Oregon's Blockbuster Store, the last remaining Blockbuster in the U.S. The last Wait. one was in Bend? I thought the last one was in Alaska. Yes, it says Alaska well. was home to a few holdout locations, and thanks to the high price of broadband internet there, but those have actually closed this summer. Oh, wow. But yeah. What about, but what about the, the, the museum for... Uh, um, Russell Crowe's oh. <laughs> uh, stuff. Uh, yeah, I got nothing. No longer there, I guess. Yeah, or, it, wasn't uh... enough. it wasn't enough. All right, well, the beer is made by uh, Ben's Ten Barrel Brewing, which I think we've talked about at some point on here, uh, which was bought by Anheuser-Busch in 2014. The brewery will release the beer September 21st with a party at, where else, America's Last Blockbuster, and it'll also be available for a limited time at Ten Barrels' six brew pub locations, uh, the two in Bend, Oregon, one huh. in Denver, one in Portland, Oregon, and then one in Boise, Idaho. Oh, and one in San Diego. So they've had a lot of interesting locations. Um, I mean, they were bought by Anheuser-Busch not yeah. too long ago. Yeah, so. yeah. I, just, I was like, just... Idaho? Um, <laughs> the beer's label bills it as uh, sinister black ale with nuances of red licorice. Oh, my God. Uh, Sinister, this is uh, the uh, number one is in place of the first I, by the way, is the name of a Schwartz beer uh, Ten Barrel has brewed before. Schwartz beer is a gen traditionally German-style beer brewed with roasted malts that gives it a black color and dark cocoa flavor. 
The press release says the beer pairs perfectly with buttery theater popcorn <laughs> and your favorite movie-sized chocolate with a light body, smooth finish, and hints of nostalgia. Anything with licorice in it, I'm going to say no. Yeah, no. <laughs> I think it depends on the licorice. If it's black licorice, no. I'm going to give that one a good hard pass. Well, Maybe. I don't. It's because. not like we're going to be going to any of those locations anytime soon, so we're not really going to get to try it anyway. <laughs> yeah, you don't know. Well, <laughs> Casey's like, where am I going? <laughs> it's been a while since I've been. Oh yeah, to you'll Bandor. be in Denver. You could actually try yeah. it if you wanted to, but not. Uh, actual. Oh God, it is that weekend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it just hit me Casey. like September twenty first. <laughs> I wouldn't be caught dead in a ten barrel, but that's okay. <laughs> Especially they, with your I mean, other... they may bring it to the fest too, though. I want... what, about, just what about Nine Barrel? <laughs> oh, they probably aren't invited. <laughs> uh, probably not. They may not be. I I, okay, I think yeah, you should well, try it. for science. You should try that beer. <laughs> I might do that. <laughs> well, you know who else probably isn't invited to things anymore? Who? This beer mile world record holder. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, who was disqualified? Who? <laughs> 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 I thought you were getting something else that I was. No, I'm just. I like when the segue just drops. <laughs> he was interested in the answer too. <laughs> All right, so uh, yeah, beer mile world record holder has been disqualified for not chugging enough beer. This is, this is the world that we live in, guys. At the beer beer mile world classic in uh, Vancouver on August 11th, 20 runners competed in the men's race for the title of this year's chugging and running champion. Initially, reigning champ Corey Belmore broke his own world record for four minutes and 33 seconds with a four minute and 44 second beer mile. But then came the buzzkill. Belmore was disqualified for leaving 4.5 ounces of beer behind. Uh, the maximum amount of beer permissible to leave behind is four ounces. Uh, British runner Dale Clutterbuck, uh, the, the British names, stole the gold with a 450 mile, a snail's pace, am right? Uh, no. He was the only one to finish legally under five minutes. Yeah, some guy who just runs around the whole thing just throws the beer bottle down. Naha! I won. <laughs> no. Uh, beer mile, four laps around a track, chugging a 12-ounce beer of at least 5% ABV before each lap. Doing this in five minutes or any amount of time is astounding. Yeah. I've considered trying it before and then quickly said, nope, I would puke everywhere. I was going to say, like, yep. looking at this picture, I was like, I would have already thrown up. Like, I, I, I've been tempted to throw up running without drinking. <laughs> just, just running. Especially with it being as hot as it is outside, like, I would just throw up anyway. So, uh, three other top ten contestants were disqualified for similar offenses. Uh, beer or no beer, we're not running any five-minute mile. So, Belmore's shameful finish is still a resounding success in our eyes. This is from Vine Pear. Uh, cheers, Belmore. Better chug next time. No ho ho! Going all huffpo on it there. Yeah, um, this makes me not want to get into uh, the whole beer like, run. Those are some like really Why? dedicated rules, first of all. <laughs> Must be four ounces that you cannot leave behind, and it's like... That has to right. be like something to do with the, the foam 
by the time the foam comes back, like you, you shoot a beer down as you're doing your lap, and then the you you foam can't be. Yeah, you've got foam that foams up, and so that you can't get the whole thing down. Gotcha. And so the four ounce limit may be just like that little bit of foam left over. I like to imagine everybody else actually finished the race uh, ahead of the guy that wins, <laughs> but he's the only one that managed to not screw up the the beer thing. Yeah. I want to do this, but I don't run. <laughs> do they have a walk? Here's the key. I like the stipulation that it must be at least 5% ABV. They don't say that you can't do like 20 percenters. Oh my God. Can you, can, I would die. I would actually die. That's just cranking up the difficulty level. <laughs> Can you imagine uh, like that you're just drinking like dragon's milk or some crap and then like <laughs> yes yes and then you're just like oh i would th- i would have thrown up by like lap two no see you're a drink- beer pong you're drinking you're drinking worldwide stout oh, oh my god <laughs> i beer ponged with guinness once and that was a mistake oh <laughs> well, yeah that was a terrible a light mistake. beer <laughs> i know but i'm just i love the idea i guess i gotta oh chugging is a bad idea <laughs> The lowest carbonation, that's that's the one I'm going for. Oh, yeah. Uh, Utopius. There no you go. Carb. Oh, God. The, the, <laughs> the 12 ounces of Utopius the every ABV. Lap. <laughs> oh. It's next to your story. That's when you get to the end and just you're running with no pants on. <laughs> Man <laughs> dies of alcohol poisoning. And, and dehydration. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You know what? I, I, I think I would do this. If I had, if I had someone to bring the beer to me, yes, perhaps some sort of robot. Hmm. <laughs> well, good news. Good news. Apparently, there's a super chill robot will serve you that will serve you beer. <laughs> it's their headline, not mine. Uh. Uh. Let's see. Poker music cranked to the speakers as people went from uh, pop-up tent to pop-up tent, filling their plastic beer mugs behind uh, Colorado Plus last weekend. Most vendors at Backyard uh, Barbecue Brewfest in Whale Ridge had a highly trained beer transfer technician getting the beer from the keg to your cup. Uh, the Denver-based uh, brewery Alpine Dog had another tactic. Uh, <laughs> apparently, I like this quote. What's up, girl? You want some robot beer? <laughs> that was uh, apparently Chris Hanks, the director of consumption for Air, uh, Alpine Dog. Director of I, consumption. What is that? How can <laughs> I get that title? <laughs> what does that mean? It means they have. It means they have tuberculosis. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, and apparently, he's. Uh, they say that he's offering up a rare opportunity. It's a robot that pours beer. Uh, well, yeah. Sure. He he teamed up with friends and uh, automation engineer My, uh, Mitchell Kahn. Uh, Mitchell works to get uh, automation, aka robots, into various industries in and around Chicago. One day, he brought uh, the robot to the into the brewery, and the two figured a way to get the robot to pour beer. Because hmm. <laughs> why not? I mean, they may have had some beers by that point. Like, Man, I'm getting tired of this. I can't. You're help- smart. Make the robot do it. I can't help but think this is going to end up like if you look up the videos of the robots that were designed to help like feed people, they can't handle those like, you know, real sensitive motions. 
and it was showing them like and they would malfunction and it started like beating someone in the face <laughs> with like a piece of bread so if it malfunctions it's gonna be throwing glass oh my god okay so uh <laughs> let me see I, I, i'm trying to remember if they've got a video here of the actual yeah i watched the video uh I can't find anything on this thing that's not an ad. So uh, <laughs> it's basically like a a tap handle pulling robot. Yeah, oh. that's what it, that's what it seemed like to me. Uh, that's that's probably better than like it getting a can and hitting you in the face with it. <laughs> yeah, that's probably a lot. To say. Although you know, yeah. just like because that's an episode of uh, of Home Improvement right there. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, <laughs> grabs a beer and launches it at you and just knocks you in the Boom. head. Anyway, the user sets six waypoints on a touchscreen controller. The waypoints tell uh, the robot where, when, and how much to move on a on its six axes. They've got the configuration to make a long cil- uh, cylindrical apply the, uh, the correct amount of pressure to the tap uh, for the right amount of time to get the perfect amount of beer into a cup. So... You know, it's that way you're not worrying about, oh, did I, did I take too long? Did I, oh, I've got too much head. It will give you yeah. that correct pour every time with machine precision, um, in theory. I'm, I say in but, theory, I'm watching it give terrible pours. <laughs> yeah, it did have a lot of head, but I'm the TTB would be proud. I'm saying that's its that's its goal. What it, You know, you're in the learning process. Skynet yeah. was not built in a day. <laughs> All yeah. right, well, call me back when it can do a proper Guinness. <laughs> okay. Then then I'll be impressed. I'll be, well, I don't, I think then, we've decided, like, I'm not drinking Guinness anymore, so, like, well, I don't really care about that. Well, no, I'm not drinking it. It's just when it can pour it correctly, then I'll bow down to our new robot overlords. Well, yeah. Apparently, they are looking for a long-term goal, uh, and it's to create a large-scale uh, venue system, essentially for weddings and <laughs> bar mitzvahs, but. Well, that actually makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Bar mitzvahs? Yeah, I thought so too. <laughs> Generally, I mean, around you've become kids. thirteen. You're a man. Have a beer. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> sure. Uh, but yeah, uh, I'm just surprised they didn't call it Isaac. Yep. <laughs> like that's uh, that's the biggest takeaway from that for me. Just disappointment that it's not called Isaac. They oh. may like Fox may have had to grab the copyright on that after Futurama. Probably. Oh yeah. Also, I'm pretty sure Apple's got a, almost every copyright for anything that says has an I in front You'd of it. You'd be surprised what they don't have. Oh, fair. Hmm. Or China. <laughs> Alrighty then. Okay, that does it for this show. <laughs> uh, on that note, uh, we'd like to remind everyone that this is our news-only show, but we do a weekly long-form show discussing the science and history around what you drink. If you like what you hear and you want to support Have a Drink, please go to patreon.com slash haveadrinkshow. So we will see you uh, again live next Saturday, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Once again, I'm Brittany Lee Walker. I'm Justin Frazier. I'm Christopher Walker. And I'm Casey Price. We'll see you next time. Bye, guys. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this broker. <laughs>